0: Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. On today's show, we have one of Shytown's towns finest. And we just had a, like a little sidebar conversation about like my name being S.A. and his name being E.A. And we don't even want to get into what these abbreviations stand for. But I'm going to deem this individual the giving boss. And once he starts speaking, you're going to understand exactly why. So without further ado, the floor is yours,
1: E.A. That's great. And you'd think both of us are from Canada because you'd be S.A., yes, eh? EA eh? <laughs> or <laughs> not. We're from the U.S. Anyway, so the. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. But uh, I I I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and and I I love uh, your format and make you know the free flowing and yeah. and how you share with your listeners and 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 I think you know we need more formats where there's sort of a no holds barred because some people are you know so afraid to say stuff and they're so afraid to yeah. you know bring up things that need to be brought up and things that need to be discussed and. uh, uh, so I, I my hats off to you, SA, and also to, uh, you know, Boss on Cage. I think it's a great format. Thank you for having me on.
0: Definitely. I appreciate it. I mean, it's getting to the point, like, with this particular show, it's like, I think I've had a couple tears here and there. I'm hoping we don't have full-fledged out tears and napkins coming out sooner or later on the show, but <laughs> it, it could definitely go down that route. So, I mean, th- like, if you could define yourself in three to five words, what three to five words would you choose to define yourself?
1: Uh, a person who is committed. To teaching people to discern,
0: oh, oh. so that's interesting. That's definitely interesting. You you want to kind
1: of like dive into that a little bit more? For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I, and I, I can share with your listeners by by way of a question exactly how that's answered. If right now your listeners thought about the fires that they stamp out each day, if they thought about when their stress level spikes each day. And when they think about the energy drainers where they just talked with someone on the phone, they have no idea what they talked about other than the fact they now have no more energy left. <laughs> hmm. You know, Every one of those instances, every fire, every stress spike, all have one thing in common. They have a name attached. Hmm. There's a name attached to that. And so what we do at Givers University with discerning is we have a saying that is, givers earn three times more. Because givers discern three times more. Oh. And by that, what we mean as follows First of all, I want to say, essay, we love everybody. We love everybody. I say that emphatically. And we teach people how to discern and separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And what we do is, so when we use the term giver and taker, we're not labeling people. We don't label people. But what we are doing is labeling their deeds. We're labeling the deeds our giver or taker. And then we actually teach people how to discern. And here's the critical part. Here's what no one's teaching today, Essay. And over and over again, you know, I I do at least one podcast a day as a guest. And I, I know everyone agrees. It's just not being taught. And it needs to be the following reference. How do I decide what people, when I watch what they do, I should decide to bring those people in closer to me and become a part of my giver community, or because I'm watching what they're doing, and I should think about starting to respectfully distance myself, respectfully, not nasty, respectfully distance myself from them because I'm about ready to become collateral damage because of what they bring with them. And no one's teaching people how to discern. How do you? What do you look for? You know, uh, I'm a self improvement geek. I love self improvement. Think it's important. I can tell you are as well. Uh, you know, and I'm sure many of your listeners are. And that's great. We need to look in the mirror, but also, SA. What about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? <laughs> what happens then? And and we become these unwilling participants in these fires that we stomp out and have to stop out that are not of our making because no one taught us what to look for. What are the deeds? Not the person. Remember, we're not judging the person. We're judging the deeds of that person. So, you know, companies coming and going faster than ever before products, antiquated, like never before over and over again. What do we have left relationships and no one's teaching us. What do you look for the deeds that helps us discern who we should have closer in our life and who we should maybe respectfully distance ourselves from because of what's about ready to happen and what they bring with them.
0: Hmm. That definitely is an interesting philosophy. So, I mean, obviously I think that's why you have the brand that you currently have, right? For sure. But let's, let's talk about like your journey. Right. I mean, looking at like your history, looking at like your credential. You know, I think one thing that I read was like you became a millionaire in your early 20s, like and you were a CEO and you were a VP, You were all these different things. So let's take it even further back. Like, how does a, a kid that grew up potentially in, in Chi-Town become who you are today? Like, what does that journey look like?
1: Well, I tell you, I, I love sharing that journey, and in a transparent, brutal way of even my big defeats, uh, because I, I I'd love to be able to share those uh, essay with your listeners so they can learn. And then also to have them say, "Hey, you know what? That's me. I got that. I hear that." I was uh, born in you know in Chicago area. Uh, my father was a milkman back then. Essay milk came in glass jugs. And uh, there was a box outside every home. And uh, you knew that box was the milkman box, you know, and we'd put milk in there and the glass jugs. And there was money in there all the time. And you know what? No one ever touched the money. They never. They knew that was milkman money, right? And and so my father had a distributorship for a company called Twin Oaks, you know, was a, and his own little one horse thing. And I was the son of a milkman. That was my mindset. Hmm. And then I say, I really elevated myself all the way up to the level of janitor. That's when things really <laughs> <laughs> but you know I didn't mind that because business was always picking up hmm. what anyway so, the, <laughs> so but but as a janitor I had two really interesting things happen that were really life-changing um, being in Chicago originally I live in Michigan now but the first 30 years of my life I, I hailed from Chicago greater Chicago land area and Oak Brook area specifically uh, western suburb and uh, and I was able to be bonded. And I was able to clean a home that was a very expensive home. And the lady's name was June Martino. Now, I don't know if you ever saw the movie with Michael Keaton called The Founder about McDonald's. Of course. Um, And, uh, you know, you did see it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I watched it routinely. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, I got it. Well, actually... uh, there's many references in there that are true, but you know, I lived it. I literally was right there. And June Martino is the gal outside Ray Croc's office that he always talks to June, 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 oh. his secretary. That's her. Right. That's this lady I'm talking to. I, I'm cleaning her house every single week. I'm in her home. Right. And, uh, obviously in the movie, that's an actress. It's not June, but you know, but the real June Martino, if you will. Uh, and so one day I could tell, and she was always really approachable, easy to talk to. And I said, and so one day I just went up to her, I said, June, uh, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. I mean, she knew who I was because I was in every week and she always said hi and I always said hi back. Very nice, very nice and approachable. And, uh, and I said, uh, could you tell me about it? And she said, like, what? And I said, McDonald's. I'm not kidding you, I say she put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen, And the entire day, because I asked her this in the morning, the entire day she told me the entire story from beginning to that moment in time we were sitting there. She even had the maids and butlers bring us food in the kitchen because she wanted us, she just was telling me the whole story, every single tiny detail. And I got to tell you, I'm just sitting there and I'm staring. I go, oh my God, this is the June Martino. And she's telling me all of it. So the movie, I can tell you, was very Hollywoodized. You know, Ray wasn't really that way. He, you know, he had his moments and everything, but you know, that was Hollywood. And uh um, and there was a lot of references of things that did happen, which is also accurate, but there was a lot of spin on it. So one of the things that was interesting in the story that, you know, June told me, she lived it, she was there. She said there was a time where Ray couldn't afford to pay her. Cool. And they made an agreement that Ray would take her. Uh, uh, her her bill collectors when they called and he would take the phone calls so she didn't get bugged by him and he would pay her in exchange because he couldn't afford to pay her money stock and at that time which was a worthless company Hmm. in the movie they do reference it do you remember when uh, 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 Ray Crock, Michael Keaton calls the brothers and said I can't make enough money I'm only getting like he was getting like less than 2% yeah it was crazy yeah not not enough money that that part's true that's the part that I'm referencing here Uh, he didn't have the money to pay her so he gave her worthless stock in a company that it was, it was literally worthless it was underwater. So I asked her why she did it. SA, she looked at me and sat back. And I'll never forget not only what she said, but the way she said it, because this not no 16 year old janitor just asked her a question no one else had ever asked her before. And she wasn't even sure how she should answer it. And she stared at me with this faraway look. Have you ever had someone do that where you can tell they're not home, but they're looking right at you? She was there thinking about why she did it. And then she said, when I asked her, why'd you do it? She said, because I believed in Ray. Oh. And my first thought essay instantly was, man, I got to find me a Ray Kroc. I've got to find a Ray Kroc that can teach me, that can bring, put me under his wing and teach me all the stuff I don't know because I'm a burnt out son of a milkman. And the fun time in my life is getting free songs in a bowling alley at two o'clock in the morning when I'm cleaning it. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, that's that's the big thing, right? So I thought I gotta get a Ray Crock. And, uh, and and it, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, and I pull her Rolls Royce out of the garage and sweep the garage. I'm thinking, I say, people really live like this. And she's not an alien, she's not a superhero or something. She's actually very approachable and and easy to talk to. I thought, man, I, I just don't know what I need to do. I don't know what to do. Hence, I learned the value of a really good mentor. It wasn't a couple of months later that I then met a mentor having to do the same janitorial service. Got a phone call late at night, and I'm only there, I'm there with the owner of the company. And uh, he said, there's a guy coming in from Detroit and he's opened a diamond store and he wants to see some carpeting. And I said, Jerry, I punched out already. You know, they had punch clock, you know, time clocks. Yeah. You got to punch you felt like punching it out. You really felt like that, right? <laughs> you know, when he punched out, you felt like punching out. And uh and, and I said, Jerry, I'm I'm done. I already punched out, I'm done. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, He needs he's leaving tomorrow for the airport. He said, if you show him the carpeting, I'll tell you what to do and I'll give you any Saturday off you want. Hmm. I said, Any Saturday Cause that's a big deal for janitors because businesses are closed. So we're cleaning on Saturdays, right? So when you get a Saturday off, that's like super duper. How'd you pull that one off, right? And so I repeat it back. Okay, any Saturday I want. And he said, yep, you got a deal. I said, okay. I punched back in. Now, SA, to set the stage, I'm going begrudgingly. Based on a negotiation to get off a of Saturday. Drag in my feet to meet a man who will change my life forever. So I share with your listeners, be careful because sometimes discern, be aware, because sometimes the most significant things that will happen in your life will happen because of something so insignificant at the moment, and it seems so insignificant. And here I am, and I meet this man, and it was like I knew him before. We had an immediate rapport. We talked. I mean, we talked about everything. Carpeting wasn't going to work. We just had commercial grade, and he wanted something real plush for a diamond store. And uh, I, I just had this great conversation with this guy for a couple hours, and we talked about anything and everything, right? It, it, me, like I knew him before. Have you ever had that where you met someone, yeah. and you felt like you knew him before, right? It was that kind of dialogue. So anyway, I'm leaving. I couldn't show him the carpeting. There was nothing there for him. And uh, so as I'm leaving, he offered me a job. And he said, uh, Why don't you come work for me? And I said, Man, I don't know anything about diamonds. I'm a janitor. All I know is someday a woman's going to ask me for one and that they're expensive. That's all I know. <laughs> and he said, I'll teach you. And I said, oh, No, nah, I'm all set. Man, my future's all set. I'm a janitor. You know, people are going to make messes and I'll pick it up. My future is all set. Hmm. And as I was leaving, he hooked me. And I found out later on how smart he really was. He knew exactly what to say to grind me. And as I was walking out the door, I say, he said, what do you got to lose? You could always go back being a janitor. And I thought, oh, no, I'm all set. I'm a janitor. And I walked out the door. I left. Got about halfway home and it was bugging me. Every mile I drove, it was bugging me more and more. He's right. When I got to lose, I could go back. And Jerry will always take me back to the janitorial service. I can always go back there. So, I thought, well, I'm gonna see what he has in mind. He's probably gone, it's almost midnight at this point. He's leaving for the airport. I go back, he's there, he's there. And I said, what do you have in mind? You offered me a job. For the next four months, I say, I got in the car in Chicago at four in the morning, you know Friday night, Saturday morning, four in the morning, drove 301 miles, I remember it specifically, all the way to Detroit, met with him for six hours, asked every question I could think of, got back in the car and drove all the way home, and all in one day and did that every single weekend for four months and never once missed a weekend. Hmm. So people can't tell me if you want something bad enough that you're not, that you're, you gotta be willing to go after it and do what's required to get it. And I wanted the knowledge. I knew I didn't know. I was a burnt out janitor, Hmm. you know? So here he was and he taught me and really it, 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 he began to, rewire those burnt out wires, I say, that were in my mind. Because I was thinking wrong. I didn't know how to think. You know, I was just a janitor, you know, picking up, cleaning bowling alleys. You know, that was it, two in the morning. So Sam, my business mentor, began to rewire me. And separately from other business interests, he then began to mentor me. And that really led to my first major defeat in life, which is each one of my defeats was more mind-boggling than the last. Each one of them caused me to write a different book to deal with it. And to help myself, never be in that position again, <laughs> because it was a defeat. And uh, the first major feat, defeat came about, uh, you know, from I was still in Chicago at the time, and it, 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 the odds are so against the story of what happened. It's mind blowing. Hmm. Like to hear story? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm just I'm just listening to what you said. So just to kind of just to recap for the listeners yep. a little bit, right? So. In, in this journey, right, you had an opportunity that could have been a missed opportunity. You, you walked away from it, but then you turned around and you was like, mm, "Let me, let me see what this is really about." So then, in that opportunity, and this is kind of where we're leading into the next part of the story, is you took the opportunity, you seized the moment, and that changed your life. If you didn't take that opportunity, you probably wouldn't be
1: where you are currently today. Is that no question, no question about it. you're exactly right. Great, great, and and that's and and that's why when we discern and we're aware, we'll look at things a little bit differently, mm. which is what we give as a university. We teach people how to discern. You know, we specifically, what do you look for with a person? And that all started really because of this first major defeat I had, which is uh, pretty extraordinary. I had a training company uh, in, in Berkeley, Illinois, Again, another suburb of Chicago. Chicago's got a lot of suburbs, right? And a big area. So, and the company was doing very well. We were training other companies and multiple offices doing very well. And back then, SA, they had a thing that sat on the desk that was called a voice answering machine, (laughs) (laughs) right? And on one side, it had a cassette tape that you recorded your outgoing message when people called you, and on the right side was a, a cassette tape and those were cassette tapes little tapes and it was 60 minutes long for all the messages that people would leave you when they called you and you weren't home right mm-hmm. so it was 60 minute tape left home for an hour and a half I come back and I look and the whole tape is used up I said, man that's crazy some kids must have got a hold of it because my machine is voice actuated that means as long as someone talked they would keep recording mm-hmm. and then when the kids found out sometimes they would play with it because they realized they could you know it would just keep recording ah some kids got a hold of it Wow, was I about ready to get the shock of my life up to that point? So I could hear my business partner in this training company. We both had fifty percent. I and separate. This is not my business mentor. He's mentoring me on the side, mm-hmm. um, and and so we had we both owned fifty percent of this company, this training company. And he was leaving me a message. He called me while I was gone, left me a message. And back then, when someone was calling in, you could hear a little tone in the background, beep beep beep, and that would let you know someone's calling, right? I could hear as he left me the message that beep in the background that someone was calling him. He hit his phone receiver so fast and said, hello, he put my machine on recording with him and the other person and recorded the whole conversation.
0: Wow. Talk about an inside tip.
1: Yeah. But wait, the whole conversation was about how they were going to take over the company and basically get rid of me. It was the plan, step by step. Huh. And this blew my mind. I had no way of knowing this was coming. A total blindside. I played it. I just couldn't believe it. Because I say when you hear it in their own words, it's a little different than third party. I'm hearing the plan from them. And I thought, man, what are the odds of this? You know, first of all, he could have called me when I was home. But no, he called when I was gone. Huh. The other guy could have not called him. Or when he did call him, they could have talked about golf. no. They talked about the plan in detail. Oh. It blew my mind. And one of the things my business mentor had trained me on was to respond. Don't react. May, may I explain in the medical community? If someone's getting, if someone gave someone a drug, drug or prescription or something and the doctor says they're reacting, that's not good. We know they're not doing good on the medication. If doctor says they're responding, that's good. They're doing good to the medication. And my business mentor always said, he drilled it in me, I say, do not let your emotions control your intellect. Because when your emotions are controlling your intellect, you are now reacting. Don't be in reaction mode. It's always a lose-lose situation. Be in a responsive mode, and the way you do that is you make sure your intellect is controlling your emotions. Oh. so I had to reach back to my training I had to reach to my my mentor was saying because of this event because let me tell you, my emotions were wanting to rule <laughs> you know sleepless night and everything else. And I thought, oh, man, what am I going to do? This is, I don't want this guy. He's my partner. And I, I, I he can't deny this. I, it's, there's no misunderstanding. Here's the plan in his own, the two of them, the words, you know, step by step even. It's not even, you know, over, you know, it's not general. It's step by step. So I thought, uh, so the next day I said, Jim, you have to buy me out. We're going to part ways. I want to do something with my business mentor, uh, some other venture, and we need to part ways. We have seven days. Let's draft this agreement and grow. Well, within seven days we did. And uh, I got a couple of payments from him on the business and quite candidly, I thought they were gifts. I didn't expect them, but here's the thing. I never told him. I never told him about the recording. And he's passed on now. So he never knew. I never, ever told him, but the next year my income doubled. The next year he filed for personal bankruptcy. He styled for business bankruptcy. He got divorced. And I saw him at an amusement park at a little distance off. I knew who he was. I mean, he's my business partner, so I knew who he was. He didn't see me, but I saw him. He looked essay like he had aged 20 years. And I thought, boy, that doesn't show what the difference is. So here's the thing that we need to understand that I want to share with your listeners. Every adversity in life carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Every, not some, not once in a while, not here and there. Every adversity in life carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. It's up to us to find it. And I did. And I went on with my business mentor because I knew this guy was not going to, you know, I didn't want him in my life. And that caused me to write the first book called The Giver's Mindset on how givers think differently. Then takers in that book and in that course, we identify the six arrows, which, by the way, is one of the things we're going to give to your listeners. Absolutely free. It's a checklist of the six arrows that takers are shooting at you every day. And you don't even know why you're hurting and you're bleeding because no one taught them what the arrows look like. And they look at them and go, oh, does this need to be taught? I don't know. Remember, we're talking about deeds not the person we're labeling the deeds. So we give them the six arrows that taker shoot. There's also a list of, a couple of days later, we give them what's called the 25 dues. All this is free. We want to give it to them because it's tangible, usable things uh, with like an example with a couple of the arrows. I'll give you a couple of them just for your listeners. Okay. Right, uh, and, and they'll get in a checklist. So they'll see this stuff and it really, really helps them begin to discern. One of the things that a taker will do is they will switch From fact-based moral high ground to low personal attacks. In other words, they will say things like, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's an attack. You don't know what you're talking about. They're saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. How do they know that, right? The Takers very quickly, when they run out of fact-based information, will now switch gears from the facts and go into the personal attack. That's one of the arrows they shoot are these personal attacks that they, you know, they and, and they're tricky. You don't see them, they come at you fast. They will also say, th- say things like, You don't know me. Well, it's a ridiculous statement. Of course I don't. I don't. None of us know each other unless we actually walk in those shoes. We really, it's true. That, I mean, we really don't know them, but the implication is it's an arrow. They're shooting at them, right? So the one arrow is takers will switch from actual based conversations the moral high ground, lower, I'm going to do a personal attack on you because of everything left, right? Second arrow I'll share with is that takers will transfer guilt or attempt to transfer guilt from the taker to the giver. The taker will transfer that. They will say, you made me angry. They can't do that. That's actually not a true statement. No one can make anyone else angry. The other person can allow, if someone says something to me, I can allow them to make me angry, but they didn't make me angry. I let it happen. I let my emotions do what? Rule my intellect. So what happened in that instance is now, so that's what happens with them when these arrows come at them. They actually try to transfer the guilt. They say, you made me do it. You can't make someone else do it. All right. I mean, you know, as it relates to normal conversations with people, so these are the arrows, and when we teach people, be discerning. When you see these certain deeds, in the first course, The Giver's Mindset, we actually have 25 do's that we're going to give to your listeners absolutely free. They're going to get it in a download. I, we want them to have it because the, we're all beneficiaries when we have the right people in our life. So these 25 do's, as an example, takers, one of the do's, there's 20. It's actually a two-page checklist where they can look at it and say, man, I need to watch when people do these things. And then it'll help me decide do I want them closer in my life or should I be respectfully distancing myself so I don't become collateral damage from what they bring with? A couple of do's. Takers are not willing to do the thing to get the thing. As we say in Givers University do the thing to get the thing, do not the thing, get something else. Takers are never willing to do what it takes, they're always fast tracking, they're always looking for the shortcut. They're always looking for the way to get around what really needs to be done. And and one of the things you can watch and you could see a giver will always step forward and say, yeah, I'll do what it takes. They'll be the first one step forward and a taker won't do that. Another thing is takers are not willing to delay gratification to increase their returns. They're right now, me, me first, me for everyone else. Uh, I got to take care of number one, pay me before we talk, pay me before I do anything. They're never willing to invest in a situation. And that's part of the definition, I say, of givers and takers. 20% of the population are givers. They're wired that way. 20%. We've proven the numbers even. That means you put 20% of the people, I say, in any situation, and sure enough, they'll start giving to it. They'll start contributing. They'll start investing. They'll start helping. By contrast, the other end, 20% of the population are takers. You put these people in any situation and they're going to craft a way to take from it emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, they're takers. That's what they do. The 60% in the middle, we call them fencers. They sit on the fence. They act like givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they're with takers. They can be great relationships, but we need to manage them. So how do we find out what's the things we look for? So that we know who to bring in close in our lives because our happiness level will go way up our stress level plummets And we're not going to feel like someone just drained our energy from us all the time In fact, we'll be recharged because we've got the right people around us And I bet you your listeners can think of people that are draining energy or constantly every time talking they're putting out a fire and so that's how we learn these things, and this is uh this is all in the Giver's mindset, the first book, if you will. But we're we have a quiz for you that we can talk about, you know, at the end of the podcast. And we have people do this seven question quiz, and then with their results, they get these checklists. We want them to have them. We want because everyone benefits when they start discerning because everything's so fast today. I say no one's no one's paying attention anymore to the relationship part. They're looking in the mirror, and that's good.
0: So I mean. It seems like, you know, obviously your, your business is structured with, with multi-different facets, multi-different levels, and you. Uh, it took you a period of time to get there. So, and sure. the next question is like, like how is that business structured? Is it structured more so like a LLC, an S-Corp,
1: or C C-Corp? Uh, Givers University? Yes. Uh, Givers University is just a, a, a standard business. Um, oh. and, and we set it up that way. I mean, I've had, of all the things you said, I've had C-Corps, S-Corps, LLCs add them all. Uh, and, and they all have the different benefits and structures wise based on double taxation. And basically based on whether we have a a pro business government in place or an anti-business government in place has an impact on what kind of business you want to have. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, and also if you want to go public to go public, you want to have a C corporation S corporation is going to be tougher LLC, really tough. Um, so it depends on what your ultimate needs are. And this, we just set it up as a regular business because the intention of Givers University is to share and teach. Um, and so we have online courses where they go and we have audio courses, et cetera. So, um, it, you know, it's a little bit different than if, if someone had like a brick and mortar kind of place uh-huh. where, you know, the, uh, they were selling a product out of their service or something.
0: Gotcha. So we want to hear about like the 20 years it takes someone to be successful. And I think in this conversation, we kind of jump Thirty years back, we talked about ten years. We talked about your beginnings and the perception. Because somebody seeing this episode may look at you and say, "Okay, he's an overnight success." It only took him a few years to get there. But in reality, how long have you been on your journey to get you to where you are currently?
1: Forty-five plus years. Uh, I'm I'm sixty-five, and uh, so you know that I mean I had a good forty-five solid years, and the the best parts. As I look in retrospect, right? cliches are cliches, and the reason are cliches. They're usually true. That's why they're cliches. Usually, not always, but usually. Sometimes they're just stupid things people say, you know. <laughs> but, but the other, but cliches are and with hindsight, we do have perfect vision, uh, and you know we can look back and and I can share with you that my defeats were blessings, because one of the things my business mentor taught me essay was don't use the word failure eliminate it from your dictionary, supplant it with the word temporary defeat. Huh. Eternal sounds so, or uh, failure sounds so eternal. It's like, you know, forever kind of thing. He said, it's a temporary defeat. He said, and a temporary defeat means you might have just gotten tackled. And he said, and watch how fast you find out that when you got tackled, you just got a first down. How important is that, right? Yeah. So it's a, it, it's, it's a direct benefit of, looking for those good things as they happen in our life so yeah 45 plus years and i can tell you i'm still going strong love it better shape than i've ever been in my life and uh and 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 also surrounded with just spectacular people that add so much to my life and i do everything i can to add so much to their life too wow
0: very 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 powerful stuff so let's say if you could go back anywhere in your 45 year history of being a business owner is there one thing that you would want to manipulate, modify, or change to get you to where you are a lot faster?
1: Nope, not one. Um, I, I apologize. It seems like the grass cutters just decided to come up my window. So I don't know if you can hear that or not, uh, but the good news is they don't stick around long. They're, but they're <laughs> he's cutting the grass right outside my window. So, <laughs> not a so I don't know if that's coming through or not. Hopefully it's not. Um, the uh, If I was to change anything, I would be hard pressed and I'd have to use the answer uh, and glom on to the answer that Walt Disney once gave, who I love studying Walt. you know. I think, he, you know, a lot of people don't realize he genuinely had a full blown nervous breakdown and had to leave Disney for a full year. Hmm. I saw the interview of him where he talks about he said, you know, when I answered the phone, I would break into tears for no reason. He said the stress level was so high. For a year, he had a full-blown nervous breakdown, had to leave Disney for a whole 12 months, left the company. And you wouldn't know that by looking at Disney World today, would you? Or, or you know certainly his successes. But I remember an interview he had, which is the answer I'm going to glom onto. And that was when they asked him, would you do it again? Huh. The same way. His answer was, yes, I would. But I sure hope I don't have to. (laughs) And I had to tell you the same thing. Because, you know, but and here's a challenge for your listeners because it was a challenge for me, I say. And what I'm about to say is gonna sound so netherworldly and so wacky and out there, but when our wisdom increases, we begin to understand it. When we learn how to embrace, put our arms around temporary defeat and realize that every adversity carries with the seed of an equal or greater benefit. We then know we just got a great seed and we can find it somewhere. And every adversity I had, the three biggies that each caused me to write a book, every one of those three, every one of them had a seed. And and what was interesting was the bigger the defeat, the bigger the benefit that came out of it. They were in direct proportion. And when I had a a radio talk show, I was on the air for five nights a week uh, for two years uh, back in 91, 92. I interviewed millionaires of of companies. And every one of them, I say, every single one of them had commonalities. One of the commonalities were they all had a time in their life when everyone and everything told them to stop and they took one more step. Every one of them had that story. Uh, And they all had to be presidents of companies, millionaires to be in the business and I mean, is it like Kinko, you, you know, Kinko's a uh, print shop, Kinko? Yeah. You know how it got its name? The guy's yeah. hair. He was a college kid and that was his nickname in college. And he sold that company to Federal Express for 1.2 billion with a B billion dollars named after his nickname when he was in college. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> how great is that? You just got to love it. So, uh, so I wouldn't change any of it you know I wouldn't I looking back in retrospect I've been every single one of those things were a blessing and that's the difference between education and wisdom I'm not saying I'm all wise and all. That. I'm not believe me I tell you in fact every day I find out how little I really know and it seems to be less as time goes on as our awareness level increases I've met a lot of educated idiots in my life <laughs> When I say educated, and I'm saying this in a loving way, I don't mean to demean anyone, I'm labeling their deeds. They have all of this knowledge and don't know how to apply any of it. Because wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it. Yeah, very true. Very and true. books don't teach you how to do that. So we want to surround ourselves with people that have what we call the three W's that a giver brings with wisdom, wealth, and wellness. And the deeds we teach, teach people how to look for what's the specific tiny little thing they're doing that I should be watching for. That when I see those things, I want to pull that person in closer. That's the kind, their, their symptoms, their deeds are showing me that's the kind of person I want. Hmm.
0: So, I mean... With that, I mean, I think a lot of this, it's, it's kind of like the rich dad, poor dad model, right? I mean, you were essentially raised by a dad that had some entrepreneurial spirit to him. You were also essentially raised by your mentor in the business side of things, right? Were there any other entrepreneurs in your background that helped you on your
1: journey? Uh, the biggest impact I had was my business mentor. And that's why I recommend for your listeners, get a mentor. If you don't have one, be selective. You know, use our checklist when you decide when you're deciding who's going to be your mentor because you want to listen to the right people. You know, ask the wrong question, get the wrong answer. Ask the wrong question to the wrong person. You're definitely going to get the wrong answer. Oh. So you want to have the right person and also ask the right question. So my business mentor, he absolutely because he, you said it right, I say, oh. he became the father I never had, even though I had a father. I became the son he never had, even though he had a son. We really were that close, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and and what a great, what a blessing that was. So for your listeners, get a mentor and also mentor others, Mm -hmm. because as you get it, as you get that part of what we need to do is pass it on. That's what we do at Givers University. We pass it on, so that other people can benefit by the things not being taught today, and uh, and 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 so, Sam, my mentor, definitely the number one. Mm -hmm. The other were uh, a combination of my defeats
0: mm-hmm.
1: taught me lessons because I didn't, rather than letting it destroy me, I thought, well, what can I learn by this? What can I learn to not be in this situation again? That's the writing of the books to help cover my butt so that I you know, didn't get in those situations again. Right? I, I don't want to be here again. This is nasty. Right. Uh, and so those, and then also the interviews I had when I was on the radio, you know, for two years, I interviewed three millionaires every hour. Once it was an hour show, Monday through Mm -hmm. Friday and, uh, three millionaires on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And the best part I say was I got to ask them questions off the air, which Mm -hmm. I had predetermined, which were all into my book of knowledge and all of that worked into, so that was it. You know, interviewing over a thousand millionaires and a thousand business owners and asking them the questions that I was hoping no one else had asked, like I asked you Martino. Those things are the things that impacted me most. Cool. So, I mean, even on
0: that journey, right? Like, I think a lot of people, once they hit a level of success, they kind of put the blinders to the family. So, and in, in your model, it seems like you're really big on balancing things and having equality across whatever it is you're working on. So, family being a part of that, currently, how do you juggle your work life with your family life?
1: Great, great question. I love that question. One of the things we teach, and one of the things I live, because as leaders' essay with all of your listeners, we all talk and we all walk. but no matter what, our talk our walk talks louder than our talk. Oh. <laughs> so the way we walk and the things we do, we teach people what we call the five priorities, and that helps us keep in balance. Keep those five priorities and realign them. Intelligent design number one, family number two. Right, so we got intelligent design, family, then after that, country, then after that, business, and then after that, self. And what happens today is they put the fifth one first, hmm. and they and they don't understand why things aren't working. And if you notice, family is number two, hmm. uh, and that's very important, you know. And uh, so people don't. They they do exactly what you said. Man, that was some great nutshell in the way you said it. I mean, they just they do. They they sort of kick their family to the side. And well, I'll have time for that later. I'll have time for kids later. I'll have time for this later. No, you don't. Do it now. And 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 re- and we teach people once a week, realign, revisit your priorities and make sure you haven't gotten off the rails. Reassess, realign, get back in line. So by priorities is the answer and they have them in order. Intelligent yeah, design. Family, country, business, self, in that order. Nice.
0: So I, I think you're a very structured individual. I mean, just to, to like your level of energy, you bring it to the table, right? So, I mean, part of that would be kind of like your morning routines. So what What are your morning routines, your morning habits look like?
1: Oh, uh, that's an interesting question. I have mm-hmm. actually not been asked that before on a podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love new questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a good one. Well, uh, I get up at uh, 6 o'clock and uh and part of that is because i hear the coffee machine go off and that's my i don't use an alarm clock i don't believe in them i tell myself at night before i go to sleep what time i'm going to wake up and that's what time i wake up right Hmm. we all have a clock inside of us i don't believe in that i don't believe in snooze buttons if i need to have a snooze button i'm not too excited about where i'm going in life (laughs) i need to get my butt i need to get my butt out of bed right so get up at six and uh the first thing i do is uh after uh Quick uh, step to the washroom, then I I come back, and then I, uh, I I actually have a, a uh, little—it's a, a portable cardio thing that's a bike, Mm -hmm. and uh, and and it's a great thing. So I I sit on there, and and I sit in my chair and I do things while I'm riding this bike, and I do that for about 45 minutes while I'm sitting Mm -hmm. in a chair, and it just sort of gets my heart rate going, get you know a little sweat worked up, and while I'm doing that, I'm on my phone, and I go to my LinkedIn. And I look at there and I, and I, I, I do 20 more invites because I do 20 invites uh, to connections every single day, no matter what, seven days a week. Um, I look at all the connections that connected me yesterday and I, all, and I thank each one of them in a personal note. Hmm. And I thank them for connecting to me and I say, have your best day ever. Hmm. And I make a mental note of the ones that come back and say, thank you, because I know that I'll be able to interact with those people hmm. as opposed to the other ones that just sort of blow it off. And I go through my other social media. Um, I invest uh, about 20 minutes reading the Bible. I have a structured system. I read the Bible every day. And then from that, I go back to my phone again and I type in the giver's message for the day that we post on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. And uh, we post a message every single day, never miss a day as a way as a part of self-improvement. So that a way to give out, this is something to think about today. By and and contracting uh, contrasting givers and takers, so I hit the, all the social media stuff while I'm on this bike, hmm. doing this uh, riding this bike thing. So within 45 minutes, usually I have all of those things done, and then from there I put the bike away, wash up a little bit more. Then I, from that point onward, I'm into my emails, and the day is off and running. Nice, nice.
0: I think you alluded to something, and it's the reason why I created a book club, because it's like when I speak to individuals of a, like your magnitude, like in this conversation, they always sneak in their one thing, in your case, it happened to be the Bible. But on your journey to currently to get to where you are, I'm just going to be a three part question. What books did you receive or learn from your mentor or did you find on your own to get you to where you are? Second question would be, like, what books are you reading right now? And the third part of that question is, what books have you written?
1: Excellent. Thank you. Uh, the first, uh, I would say the first would be certainly, you know, that one's coming the Bible's number one, you know, and then, uh, I've read it cover to I read it cover to cover every single year, mm. every year, cover to cover. Right. Uh, because everything's in there. Uh, and then the second book I would say would be think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill that my father That's gave right. me, uh, you know, and, uh, he was, uh, he said, he said, son, and I was about probably about 16 at the time. Mm. And he gave me this book. He says, uh, I hope you read this he said it sat on my uh he said it sat on my desk for about two years before i opened it up and it's really oh. a good book um and then also i would say dale carnegie's how to win friends and influence people yes. you know those I, I would say those are biggies and from that there were psycho cybernetics uh and i and i could go on to you know a number of other books from that but i would say those are the three biggies you know <laughs> um see. and and then uh you know um uh, from that, then, the, what was it, the second question? I remember the third one.
0: Oh, well, the second question was like, what books are you reading currently right oh, now?
1: Oh, currently. Well, of course, still that one big one's there, you know, they, you know every day. And I actually follow a plan that absolutely, you know, says what to read. Usually if you read two chapters from the old Testament and about 20 verses from the new Testament, Mm -hmm. and I do that every day, you'll go from Genesis all the way to revelation all the way through Mm -hmm. almost exact through the whole book. So I follow a structure Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're right about being structured. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I read that all the time. And then actually another one that's called the secret of traffic. Um, and, uh, it's actually a book by Russell Brunson and, uh, and it's about, uh, you know, uh, traffic in the social networking kind of world and the social world. And uh, that's the one I'm actually in the process of reading right now. And it's got some great insights. Uh, so those are the two. And then third question, uh, of course, is the three books that uh, I wrote I actually ended up being four. the uh, first one's called the giver's mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not only a, a book itself, but also, uh, um, you know, it has a fi- a 16, 15 minute audio lessons. So if someone just wanted to listen to key points of the book, uh, commuting back and forth to work, each lesson's 15 minutes in length. So I have an audio version of the book in addition to the written book. Uh, then the second book is called The Giver's Lifestyle. Hmm. That's where we identify the 30 habits of givers. What are the 30 habits that givers do every single day? You can see the habits. They'll do it over and over. And the 30 habits of takers that we should be discerning that they do every day. What are those 30 habits? There's actually 60, right? 30 30. Third book is called uh, The Giver's Lifelong Learning. And there we talk about the virtual prisons that people walk around in, uh, that they carry with them. There's six virtual prisons. And whenever someone looks at the list, they go, oh yeah, I'm in that one right there. These are virtual prisons that people carry around with them. And we teach them how to get out of prison, how to get free. Uh, And and our happiness level goes up. Uh, And the fourth critical question is to ask, before we make decisions. And then from that, I also wrote what's called the the Giver's Codex, which is 180 Giver's Codes to live by. Um, and all those are through, you know, you can get them through the website, et cetera. What we like to share with people is do our quiz. And uh, we have a great quiz that we like to share with them.
0: So this is going to, I mean, I think this question will be, I think you're going to nail it. I already know you are just just based upon like the way you answered the questions earlier on in this podcast. Let's say currently, Without age, no age restrictions, I'm a current taker, right? Now, you as a giver, what words of insight would you give to me as a taker to influence me to give more than I'm currently
1: taking? I would do something that might be just a little bit unexpected that you're going to love. Okay. I would say, you know what? I heard this great podcast and I really liked it. It's by this guy, S.A. Grant. It's called Boss Uncaged. It was really thought provoking. Uh, and I talked about givers and stuff. I, you know, and I, I loved it. Listen to the podcast and give me your thoughts on it. Huh. That's what I do. I would share your podcast with them. Uh, you know, and people love to listen to YouTube and podcasts all over the time. They do anyway. Uh, you know, podcasting is there, right? So I would use that as the opener because sometimes with takers, especially if it's a family member, we get family members that are takers, right? It's social, business, family. So how do you broach the subject? And And you love them. You love them. You don't want to hurt their feelings or have them feel bad or something. So I find using a third party, you know, uh, sometimes is a great way to say, and, and then maybe open their mind, say, and, and then after the podcast, after you have to listen to it and say, well, what'd you think of that? Well, you know what? You should do the seven question quiz. Cause it'll, it's got some great information on how to discern givers and takers. And what happens is through doing it, I say, by listening to your podcast, And that's why I recommend every one of your listeners, they should share this the moment you post it Hmm. and start sharing it with others because they're the beneficiary of other people getting this information because they can begin to learn how to be more of a giver and less of a taker by sharing your podcast. So they do the seven question quiz. We give them a free assessment uh, based on their answers. It's only seven questions, but it's how they discern and look at others but there's a self-assessment part that's sort of built in that's very thought-provoking. Different assessments based on the answers. And after that, within minutes, they're gonna get the six arrows emailed to them, which they're gonna love. Uh, then they're gonna get after that a couple of days later, all 25 dues in the first book, the 25 dues to look for for We invest in them right away. And all they do is go to giversuniversity.info. That's all. Go to that URL, giversuniversity.info. They're actually on the first question when they go to that URL. And when I say five minutes or less, it's five minutes or less. And we're going to load them up with some great things, compliments of your podcast. So that's how they do it. Share that information with them. And one of the things we teach is how to do a data reset. D-A-T-A, data reset. Declare and turn around, D-A-T-A. We teach people how to do that because that's how you move from temporary taker mode into full-time giver mode.
0: Nice. Nice. So I think you kind of went to the the next segue. I mean, like how could people get in contact with you on on your social media platforms, your websites, and how do they get access to your, your, your free package?
1: Great. Thank you. Uh, Again, just go to, uh, I was going to say www. Everyone says that, including (laughs) me, right? (laughs) Uh, Giversuniversity.info. I-N-F-O. Givers is plural. Giversuniversity.info. Go there. They're on their first, They're literally on the first question. It's multiple choice. They they always have three choices. Seven questions. They'll get a free assessment. It says how they're doing on their assessment. The name of the quiz is, what is your giver's and taker's awareness IQ? That's the name of the quiz. Seven questions at the end of it. We'll start giving them over a course of a few days and they'll learn about us. We start developing the relationship and we do it by giving to them. Here's the checklist look today at this checklist and see how many arrows you're getting shot with these arrows that you may not even realize it because you didn't know what the arrows looked like before look at this list this checklist this two-page checklist it's a checklist of 25 dues on two pages look at these 25 deeds and uh, identify that for a moment if right now someone had itchy eyes or runny nose i could surmise they probably have a cold the symptoms I can't see, the, I'm not able to see the cold, but I can see the symptoms. Those are the deeds. We teach people, look at the symptoms of their life, look at their deeds, and then you'll know whether they're in taker mode or giver mode based on labeling their deeds, not labeling the person. So it's yeah. giversuniversity.info. Do the seven question quiz. You're gonna love it. You're gonna get a lot of benefits back. And it's, it's all free. We want people to get this. And then from that, they learn about Givers University and who we are. They learn about our social media. You know, we're on LinkedIn, et cetera. Our actual website is com, mm. but .info is the quiz, and we actually prefer they go there because they start benefiting, and it opens their minds on, you know, how can they triple their happiness, hmm. and how can they increase their uh, productivity, because when we have less takers in our life, our productivity as a person goes up. Wow, wow. So,
0: I've got a bonus question for you. If you could... St- spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why?
1: Well, um, this one's going to probably surprise you a little bit. I think it would be Moses. Hmm. Because I'd have to ask him, dude, what was it like bringing on those 10 really bad deals? (laughs) I mean, what? (laughs) I mean, that had to be something. What was that like? (laughs) And I would love to hear all about that.
0: (laughs) hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, I mean, in closing, I mean, I think this was definitely a solid episode, a lot of inside, a lot of information, a lot of actionable tasks that people can kind of go and and execute. So, you know, at the end of my podcast, I usually give whoever I'm interviewing an opportunity. And since you've been on the radio, you probably have a million questions, right? What questions would you have for
1: me? Um, I would ask what new and exciting ways are you looking into to get your great message out to others because you need to do it. So how are you doing that? What are the new ways you're looking at?
0: So right now I'm working on, on three different variables to expand and grow the Boston cage brand. One of them is I was just going to do courses and I said, courses are not going to be enough. So I'm creating a Boston cage Academy. That's the the first thing that I'm doing. Um, Second second to support that is the Boston Cage app that pulls all the tentacles of Boston Cage, including the Academy, into one central source. So it allows us to track and to, to communicate. And then the third thing that I'm getting ready to release in the next 15 to 30 days is the Boston Cage journals that allow podcasters, book readers, interviewers, interviewees to have a central source of a guided journal so they can capture the information as they're learning on their journeys.
1: Awesome, awesome. Great, great, great. Thank you. That's awesome. I mean, more people need to hear what you're doing, man. You're doing a great thing
0: yeah i definitely appreciate it well i mean ea that brings us to conclusion and i definitely want to appreciate that and you know it's 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 kind of one of those sad things like as i'm a host and i'm hosting these particular episodes and i'm listening and a lot of times i was like i I I wish
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's the kleenex you promised it was coming (laughs)
0: A lot of times I wish I was just in the audience listening because as I'm listening to it, it's live, but it's completely distant, different when you're listening as an audience listening to this insightful information. You can rewind it and, and take notes and then recap it and then take mm-hmm. action on it versus just being a host. So I, I definitely commend your messaging. I, I definitely want to receive more of you giving, right? And, and obviously take that and give more to my audience as well. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate your efforts. And thanks for being on the show today.
1: Thank you. It's my honor being on your show, Essay. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Essay Grant, over and out.
1: Thanks for tuning
0: in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you, or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.